This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Make sure you check out all of the previous episodes, MarkingOut.com. Also, check us out on Spotify, iTunes Music, Podcasts, whatever it is. But this is episode 595. As you may know, the 4th of July is upcoming that means ring-a-ding-ding, we got a sale taking place over at ProWrestlingTees.com. So make sure you buy a t-shirt, buy two t-shirts, buy three t-shirts. They are 20% off if you use the discount code AMERICA22. So make sure you head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash America 22 And... Go get some t-shirts. Go support some uh, pro wrestlers. Also, go check us out over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Gmail, because you can email us. And wherever else we may be, especially on that good old trendy TikTok, where Brandon is lighting up the sky and it is bright and sunny, so make sure you head on over to our TikTok account and hit that follow button. But I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And alongside me, not really alongside me, but appearing on the podcast as well, we are going to have Chris. But right now, we also have the B to the G, Brandon. Brandon, how are you? doing awesome as always ish nice that's always uh you know when you add that ish to the end of that it really makes people question whether or not you uh you mean it like i was good i i made some spanish style rice this week Uh uh-huh which is honestly i think probably the best rice that i've ever made because i really have a hard time making rice for some reason and um Explain that. How do you have a hard time I don't making know. rice? It just it doesn't come out right. It never comes out right. Do you, and this do, you time, do you stir it in a pot? Well, you you're supposed to stir it until it boils, and then you simmer it for like twenty minutes or so. And what comes out wrong about it? Is it like too? Yeah, I don't know. The texture is just never right. Too, is it still hard? Um. Or is it more like soggy? I guess I don't know. It I, it's hard to describe it. You'd have to actually try it to understand. But this time, the rice was good. The only thing I wish I did differently was I didn't have fresh vegetables to put in it, so I Mm -hmm. used frozen. Something that actually helps me with rice is I tend to add a little bit extra, like, margarine into it. I like adding adding margarine into my rice. I I started with oil and sazon. Okay. Mix that up. Cooked that for a bit, like uh, maybe three minutes or so. Then I added in the vegetables, I think. 
I think I added the vegetables no, Brandon. and then the rice together, and then I added mm-hmm. the water and cooked it you like put that. The, and... You put the vegetables. Ah, so you boiled the be- vegetables with the rice. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I followed instructions from my sister-in-law. So. Hmm. And well, we was, know she a she's a better. great cook. I mean, she really yeah. sets the bar for you. But so. <laughs> I was good when I was making the rice, and then all of a sudden I start to have a sore throat and a cough, and I don't know what's going on. I, I don't. I tested negative for COVID. Do you have chills? No, I'm completely fine. I just have a, a cough and a and a sore throat, but okay, my, my so... throat's not red or anything. And so I went. I had to go to the doctor today to because uh, I'm I switched uh, offices or whatever mm-hmm. doctors. And I was happen it just happened to have been going to the doctor and he gave me a Z pack, so I feel cool. All right. You know, it's, <laughs> if you don't have if you don't have chills and they're not multiplying, then we, we can definitely oh rule out Grease Lightning. How long were you waiting to do something like that? Way, way too long. I didn't even know if I was gonna was gonna be able to like throw it God. back to that joke because you just kept on talking. I'm like That's uh. so stupid. Yeah, I know, but it was funny in my head. You had a busy week, huh? Oh, ha, ho, you betcha, brother, brother. Um, and this week was actually my mom's birthday. So, that being said, uh, one of my, my cousin, our cousin, uh, Blake, she ended up coming in from good old NYC to hang out and uh, spend the weekend with us. And then we ended up uh, going to the diner. Because nothing beats the diner. I love going to get the diner food. Are you a fan of diners? Some sponsorship. I like diners if they're good, yeah. I highly recommend East Bay Diner in Wontaw. Seafood. Yeah, East Bay, Seafood. East Bay Diner is a, a go-to for me, yeah. You know? I it's so It's just so good and fresh. What I love about a diner is that you can get anything. Anything. Fish. A burger, steak, <laughs> matzo ball soup on a daily basis. Things, there's certain things I feel like you shouldn't be ordering at a diner, though. Steak may be one of them. Yeah, steak, <laughs> chicken parm. I've seen you know, goofy they things. Actually and, do... and then there's like, they're like, oh, we have a Philly cheesesteak. It's so good. And then you get it. It's roast beef. I hate when they do that. Hate yeah. that. I don't know. I am a, the cream of spinach is unbelievable. If, if I go to a diner... There's two things that I expect no matter what, and that's a bread basket and uh-huh. uh, unlimited refills. Of course. You need that. That's, you know, I, I forgot what I got. I got, like, the best of both worlds, pretty much. I forgot what it was. It was like a... You got Miley and Hannah. <laughs> exactly. I got Miley with Hannah. It was some land and some sea. It was chicken. Uh, it was feta cheese and spinach with... um. With it's fish stuffed inside, or yeah, what, stuffed what's inside going on? fish, and then Ugh, one stuffed awful. inside chicken, grilled chicken. It was delicious, and then I had more spinach. I had cream of spinach on the side, which is definitely going to be great for uh, future potential kidney stones that I may may have. Why? So knock that on wood, causes with, kidney stones. Yeah, the oxalate levels and everything like that. What does know? that mean? You, if you have, it's one of those uh, vegetables that are that's very high in oxalate. Which is could be one of the uh, causes in of uh, the forming of a kidney stone. 
I never heard of Popeye having kidney stones. Have you ever spoken to his doctor? No. Exactly. HIPAA. HIPAA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But that was really, really great. Um, did I do anything else? Did I tell you I did anything else? I don't know. New York City was last week. What did I do in New York? Oh, yeah. yeah we spoke <laughs> about that last week. We spoke about that last week. Um, yeah. But everything else is going great and grandy. Um, I watched the movie The Sandlot the other day, and that movie is so good. Yeah. You're a fan? I am. I feel like every single scene in that movie is just one of those classic scenes where you're trying to look for a moment to step away to go to the kitchen, go to the bathroom or something, and it's just the scene right after is just a scene that is so well-known and spoken about that you're like, well, I can't leave now. I'll uh, I'll even step up to the plate here and go to bat for the sequel and the third movie as well. I've never seen it, so I can't comment. Yeah. Man, I'm, the third I movie, I believe, has two of the original cast members. Mm-hmm. I think. I think Squints is at least in it. That's cool. They're just like that nice, scene is... like, retro summer movies. Yeah. I know it was in the 90s, but it was set much earlier. Yeah, and that scene with, with Squints, the, uh, with, uh, in the pool scene... Wait, I think they got this married magic... in real life. Is that accurate or no? I don't know. Not real life. In the movie, they did. I don't know. Why do I feel like they got married in real at life? At the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, they do like that play by is where everybody is and they got married. Yeah, but I feel like... Wendy... What is it? Wendy Peppercorn? Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they're just playing this magic moment as he's just laying a kiss on her. <laughs> I mean... Try to keep a straight face during that entire scene. And then all of the friends just standing around be like, like just total shock and awe of what just took place. I think that that scene is one of my favorite scenes of any movie. (laughs) They didn't get married, by the way, in real life. Well, there you have it, you know. (laughs) Hey, that's the magical uh, thing about the the movies, Brandon, is uh, it doesn't always carry over. You know? But well, yeah, speaking of carrying over, there's uh, some wrestling on television this past week. Uh, we watched and enjoyed some Monday Night Raw. Hey, Dave, did you enjoy it? Uh, Monday Night <laughs> Nitro. <laughs> so bad. But did you enjoy it or no? Um, <laughs> that was awful. We'll just edit that out. No, we won't edit that out. Okay, we're not going to. The, the editor says that stays in there. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, there was parts that I did like and parts that I didn't like. It it didn't do anything for me. It opened up backstage. We saw John Cena arriving to there, the arena with everybody there was one, clapping for him backstage. Th- yeah, there was one and moment that I really did mark out for with that. Becky? No, but I did. I was actually going to say that I did love Becky back, uh, back there. When just she like, was looking all sad and barely clapping. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, like the golf clap in it. Yeah, well, not even golf clap. Yeah. It was like slow motion. Yeah, not even. It was just like she yeah. wasn't having it. But was it our truth then? Maybe no. meeting his childhood hero, John Cena. No, it's a. I mean, we'll talk about it later on. But with Seth Rollins. Oh, that then that's not even the same thing we're talking about. But yeah, yeah, it's later on. But it opened up. First match was a last chance battle royal for the Money in the Bank ladder match spot. Um, this match, man. 
I had who I wanted to win, and they got eliminated like second, I think, which was Shelton. Yeah. But I liked Miz and Dolph Ziggler teaming up to eliminate Rey Mysterio off the apron. Mm-hmm. T-Bar, when he uh, went to eliminate Ricochet, he threw him off the apron, and Ricochet landed on the ladder. And then jumped back and took T-Bar out with the Tilt-A-Whirl Hurricane Rana or whatever I think it was. Off the apron, I thought that was cool. But Miz ultimately fakes an injury. And he takes AJ Styles out when it came down to him and Riddle and Miz on the outside. And then it looked like Miz would win. And at the end, Miz ran into an RKO off the apron. And Riddle took that victory. Yeah, Riddle is uh, progressing forward, which is which is cool. You know, Riddle is so over. So if they don't have him in there, it would really be a shame. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, and plus, if you look at the, I mean, look at the entire uh, roster of people in that match. There really isn't a true face besides Drew McIntyre. Well. Uh, McIntyre's not officially in it yet. Yeah, I know. But we get down to it, but you know. Um, yeah. But the next match after that, we saw Montez Ford pick up the victory over Jay Uso. Also, they were recording on Thursday, so... Obviously, either McIntyre or Sheamus are going to be added to it. Yeah, uh, card subject to change. I well, thought not that they even both change. were... There's... I mean, I oh no, Sheamus is in it. Yeah, Sheamus and Drew is in it. I don't think Drew's in it yet. Yeah, he's in it. Because mm. remember, Adam Pierce said that both, he said it in the, on SmackDown. He was just like, Sheamus, you're in the Money in the Bank. And then Sheamus is celebrating, no, but that, and then Drew well, hit that, him with That was the, two weeks ago. They had a match or whatever. Yeah, but then he said that, then oh, Adam actually, Pierce yeah, said. McIntyre is in it. Yes, my mistake. Yeah, yeah, because then there's Drew, a missing uh, Adam person. Pierce says. There like, is a missing person, though. Yeah, we got a TBD in there. Yeah, my bad. That's McIntyre right. is one hundred percent in the, the match. <laughs> it happens. But uh, yeah, Montez Ford, Jey Uso. I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, Montez Ford, was yeah, pretty close to touching the money in the bank, money in the bank briefcase. For I his, think that uh, frog splash. I think that they. I think that the they've had a lot of hype towards this tag team match. Um, and I think it was, out of everything that's on the card, I feel like the Usos versus Street Profits had probably the best um, leads heading into, and storyline and matches heading into the pay-per-view because they kept on going back and forth with six-man tags and then singles um, and then distractions. So I really feel like they've had the best uh, going into this. And now they get to pick the stipulation. Mm. What it'll be, I have no idea. We'll have to find out we'll soon. probably find out on SmackDown. But yeah. after that, backstage, we saw the Judgment Day and the Mysterios, where Finn Balor basically made fun of Rey Mysterio and then brought up how Rey Mysterio's 20th anniversary is coming up, July 25th, Madison Square Garden. And Damian Who's? Priest. Ray? Yeah. 20th anniversary everybody's, of WWE. It's, it's funny. Like, everybody's just, like, within two months of each other. Yeah, he debuted, I guess, officially. I think it would have been July 23rd, 2002, because he it was SmackDown. And it all makes sense because that's the time where I really didn't watch. You yeah. know, like the, the right. debuts of John Cena, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio. 
I think Bet Shelton here. Benjamin is technically coming up too. Well, I mean, I feel like all of those guys are really coming his up to might it. be Sheamus too. Not Sheamus. No, I thought no, that he, he was, was that 2007. Era. Oh yeah, he was the ECW era. Shelton might be like 2003 or December yeah. 2002. But yeah, Batista is in that. Mm-hmm. But regardless, um, that's one pro wrestling tees.com slash marking out. Use the code America 22. Yeah. There you go. Um, Damien Priest spoke to Dominic and said that Rey Mysterio is a bad father. And they, I guess, kind of like tried to get Dominic to join them. And Rey Mysterio laid out a challenge for next week in San Diego. So do you think maybe Dominic could be joining the judgment day? That would be that would I think that that would be best for business. I mean, that would definitely give Dominic something to do while also giving Ray a moment to step away while keeping Dominic involved. Step away? At what point is he stepping away? Well, I mean, if he wants to if he wants to take some time off. Mm, I don't know. Um we saw Kevin Patrick interview the Miz. And they showed off pictures of Logan Paul training. And Miz claimed that he set up the training and they'll return at SummerSlam together as a, ta- as a tag team. And he said one day they hope to be tag team champions. Obviously. And Kevin asked about AJ Styles. AJ Styles came out and smacked Miz, which led into a match. But before that, it was announced this week that Logan Paul has signed with WWE. And on his contract, he wrote, I'm coming for you, Miz, or something like that. Yeah, Miz is having some short-term memory, not remembering how uh, they had that <laughs> He fallout. said it was to build character or whatever. <laughs> I am I mean, and I hate this. I hate that I'm excited that he did sign because, like, he did do really well. And I don't know why people are surprised by it, though, because it's like, I mean, obviously, I think the people who are more surprised don't watch Monday Night Raw to know that yeah. they basically set this up. I think that the I think the bigger surprise would be the length of his contract. You know, if it actually wasn't just SummerSlam, if maybe he signed for th- a three year deal, a uh, deal or something like that. You know, that I can't see though. I can't either, but that would be the surprising thing. Yes, yeah. But AJ Styles went out to beat the Miz via countout, which I thought was a well worked match. Yeah, I wasn't I, I was... expecting. Uh, to see either of them wrestle again because they were in the opening contest. Yeah, but I was kind of bummed that it was just a countout. But but again, though, I was happy with the match itself because it could have been... Like, even though the ending sucked, the fact that they already wrestled, I wasn't expecting that. So it was nice that it was good. Yeah. But that that Miz leaving part, that's a a damper on it. Yeah, I know. After that, Bianca Belair came out, called out Carmella after calling Carmella insecure. And Carmella came out, ran down her resume, tried to take Bianca Belair out. And Bianca Belair came out on top there. So is is Carmella going to win? I don't know. Carmella could possibly win, and then the the winner of the Money in the Bank, who will probably at this point looks like Becky Lynch, not to jump ahead. Nah, I don't. I not to. I don't think Carmella's gonna win. 
I mean, but next up you had Liv Morgan pick up the victory over Alexa Bliss. Um, this confused me. So like, I may have missed it, but why did they face each other? Um, well, they were interviewed beforehand, and and Alexa Bliss was like, "I don't have any friends back here." And then Liv Morgan borrowed John Cena's line, saying that her time is now. So it was just like a money in the bank warm up match between two maybe possible friends. Mm-hmm. And I fully expected Alexa Bliss to win this. So yeah, Liv Morgan picking up a victory over a former champion. But uh, Asuka was on commentary. We barely heard her. Which is disappointing because Asuka's commentary, as we have learned during the COVID era, Asuka commentary is incredible. Yeah. You know? So that's really disappointing that Asuka was on commentary and we didn't get to hear enough of her. But A- next after up, that, we had, yeah. Vince McMahon came out. The entire roster was lined on the entranceway and Vince came out. He brought Cena out. And John Cena basically said, it's not about him. It's about the fans. And he's like, the WWE universe has taught me so much. I thought this segment was going to get cut off by theory. But he said, he doesn't know when, when we'll see him wrestle again. I assumed it was be, it would be SummerSlam. We did see John Cena interact with Austin theory earlier. Yeah. So I, I mean, thought that was going to happen. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a SummerSlam match. Yeah. Theory and Cena. I, I think it's kind of, like, weird that that something's happening. Like, that Vince McMahon is now on every single show since that news got brought up, the allegations, and him stepping down as CEO. He's been on SmackDown uh, Raw, SmackDown Raw. Now, is he going to be on SmackDown on Friday? I mean, he wasn't on SmackDown last week. I felt like he... I thought he was. I don't think so. But that's the thing. Like, he's been on... Like, I don't know. Something's weird with it, though. I don't know. It's his show. Whatever. Yeah, but it's something... Like, maybe he's trying to get FaceTime in there while he can. Or he's trying to... uh, Maybe he's just trying to say, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. Something about it... I'm innocent. I'm not going anywhere. Who knows? Something about it just... We won't know until everything is over. No, it's just odd to me. But next up, you had Bobby Lashley. Lashley. Pick up the victory over American Alpha. Um, With Austin Theory was the uh, special enforcer here. Yeah, and obviously being a special enforcer didn't help anything because American Alpha didn't win. He's the I mean, Austin Theory also tried to distract Bobby Lashley too, but... Yeah, but he caught Chad Gable off the top rope when the the hurt lock to win. Yeah, and then the three of them beat Lashley down afterwards, and Lashley takes them all out. Austin Theory escaped. Awful, awful, awful camel, camera work in this segment. They were like zooming in and out. Absolutely ridiculous. That was yeah, like time, the worst camera work I've ever seen. Time for them to hire Chris. You know, yeah. I mean. Varsity Media, they should definitely hire to do their production. But next up, you had Cody Rhodes. This was a, uh, I guess a uh, in, in the gym. Yeah, in segment. the yeah in the gym segment. And he uh, went Co- over all the competitors in the Money in the Bank ladder match and put each one of them over with their strengths. And I thought that was, that was cool. I thought that was weird. I thought that was really good. I don't know. I thought that that was 
weird to me. Um, because he's but, you just know, putting he's every, he's there. literally putting everybody over. He's the biggest name to come from AEW, and then boosting yeah, but... everybody else in the match, saying like, "I can't be in the match, but so and so has this strength. This person has this." Yeah, strength. but why? Why? Why not? But what is it really going to do? We know all of this stuff. Why does it just Cody Rhodes each have of to them be up. that person to boost? Why not? Though? That doesn't make I... sense. I wasn't a fan of that. I would have him, rather he him. Said, he said Seth Rollins' cash-in is the most successful in WWE history. And then he said if Seth Rollins wins, he'll be the first to congratulate him. Basically, kind of maybe saying like, brother, I'm coming after your title. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't a fan of... Uh, I thought it was fantastic. That part. But I did like the promo itself. You know, he's sitting there with the bandage over his incision site. Um but yeah, next up you had John Cena backstage, and all you hear is Seth Rollins laughing to John Cena's theme song. And all I thought about was that time where he entered Roman Reigns' office, and the knock on the door was the Shield theme song. Yeah. And now he's walking into John Cena laughing to the melody of uh, John Cena's theme song. People are like, he's doing it to the tune of John Cena sucks. And it's like, brother, that's his theme song. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's like saying, oh yeah, no, they're, they're, he's, he's uh, laughing to the tune of Kurt Angle's theme song. Uh, Kurt Angle yeah. sucks theme song. But no, but he didn't do, well, yeah, no, they did. You suck was the, the theme. Yeah. But uh, he brought up money in the bank and then MVP and almost interrupted and MVP Said that no one's going to be able to stop Omos. Yeah, and I liked how the camera kind of made Omos just looking like he was towering over Seth Rollins, stepping up to Seth Rollins. And that entire aspect, it really makes you wonder about Omos's place in there because he could be a factor. And Seth Rollins didn't look too confident standing up to him face to kind of face to face. I could see Seth winning. Yeah. I could see Seth winning as well. After that main event, what would be interesting? What what would be interesting is if Seth uh, Sami Zayn won, and that he teased Roman Reigns a little bit. Well, he already said he'd lay down for. That would be interesting how that would play out. You know, he said I would lay down for Roman Reigns, and uh, (laughs) and then later on on SmackDown, he had said that he would um, he would cash in on Brock. Yeah, which pissed Paul Heyman off. So that was funny. <laughs> I know they're doing great with that. But the main event was last chance elimination match for the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match spot. Um, do drop Nikki Ash, Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler, Zia Lee, and Tamina were in this. And of this group, I thought Zia Lee should have been added to the Money in the Bank match. I still think Dana Brooke should have been in the running for this, but she went on Twitter and said apparently she was in a bad car accident. Yeah, I mean, she said that she was she She's wasn't fine. injured. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't injured or anything. So, but probably shaken up or whatever, you know. So at least, at least there's clarity on why she's not in. I I don't even think that she would have been in that if she was though. If she if she wasn't in the car accident, I mean. The the twenty four seven title changed hands on main event last week, and there was like no mention of that. Yeah, I know it was. It was, yeah, that's true. But Becky Lynch eliminated Zaya and Nikki Ash. 
Dewdrop eliminated Shayna Baszler and Tamina, and then Becky Lynch hit a manhandle slam from the middle rope and picked up the victory here. And I think outside of Zia Lee not making it, I think Dewdrop could have been in it. Yeah. And now that Becky Lynch is in this match, I can only see her winning. And that sucks because I really want Shotzi to win. All right, so put Dewdrop in. Who are you taking out? Becky Lynch. And then what are you going to do with Becky? Do something else. Like what? Not my problem. <laughs> You're like, I'm not the booker. Why are you asking me this stuff? Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, that is the Monday Night Raw. So let's get on to some uh, NXT. Kicking off with Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. Picking up the victory over Katana Chance and Caden Carter. I hate their name changes so much. Well, that's uh, because they don't want the real names. Yeah, even I though, know, the real. Even though Logan Paul's getting to march in. <laughs> uses real name. But uh, this was, this guy. He should change a, his name to Jake Paul. Yeah. <laughs> but it would still be Paul as the last name, so they don't want that, I don't think. Hmm. But this got uh, Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade a title shot at Great American Bash next Tuesday. I think this match could have been better, but we got some good tag team moves. I said it last week. Um, I said it a lot with Caden Carter and Katana Chance. I think they're a great team. Oh, yeah. I Do still you... don't get this match given that Perez had the guaranteed title shot, but now she has this match and a guaranteed title shot. When do you think they'll end up getting called up? Uh, Chance and Carter? Yeah. I feel like I they've know, been there. Later like... in the night, they were backstage in the women's locker room, and they were pissed off. They were yelling at them. They were pissed. So I don't know what's going to happen with Caden Carter and Katana Chance. I thought maybe we'd see a triple threat match at Great American Bash. But that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. No. So. Not at all. But next up, you had Giovanni Vinci pick up the victory over Ikemen Giro. Um, I, I mean. It was really just a showcase for Vinci. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, that springboard tornado DDT that he hit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But After that, the most shocking thing of NXT, I probably, think. Probably. I'm just going to say, if I forget this, I'm pr- I kind of marked out for the aspect because me and you hate how they have been playing it out. Of? So we have uh, Briggs and Jensen <laughs> oh. pick coming out uh, with the UK championships. Yeah, they celebrated their NXT UK titles. And you know? uh, I wasn't expecting that at all. I, we no. spoke about that last week. Yeah, so I mean, so I was saying, I was saying like how me and you hate how UK is really not uh, addressed on NXT at all. Like um, Fallon Henley, not to jump ahead, but she mm-hmm. faced off against Amelia McKenzie this week. And uh, like stuff like that doesn't get mentioned on NXT here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that they haven't done a UK versus NXT pay-per-view, uh, annual pay-per-view yet. Yeah, Worlds Collide was a, a fun event. Yeah, I don't know why that's just not annual. But pretty deadly interrupted, and them being the former champions, they spoke about how Briggs and Jensen uh, don't deserve it, and they deserve to be champions, and then Briggs and Jensen ended up 
knocking them down and sending them out of the ring. And they said they'll be fighting champions. So I assume that I think that might be a match set up for next week. Yeah, I would say that that's going to definitely be a match. Um, Do you think Briggs and Jensen are going to win? I do. They have to, right? I do think they'll win. Yeah. I mean, I do. I do. I am a big fan of Pretty Deadly, though. But next up, you had Kiana James pick up the victory over Indy Hartwell. I was surprised that Indy lost this one. Um, I don't really get what's going on with her. Nah. Because, like, I, I mean, Kiana James used the ropes to get the pin, so. Yeah, it was a cheap victory. But I thought we would see Indy Hartwell dethrone Mandy Rose, and now I really don't know. And it was like. The other week when she had her title shot against Mandy, it was like rushed, made no mm-hmm. sense at the time. And then the week after, it was like all forgotten about. Yeah. And then she's like back into that picture scene with Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez against Toxic Attraction. And now it's this, which I, I think it spawns from a backstage segment from last week. But still, I don't know what they're doing with Indy Hartwell here. Which is not really a... I don't know. I feel like with NXT, something... When something like this takes place, it's not really the best uh, science of things, though. No. Because, I mean, they have that new thing about if the wrestler is stale for whatever, if they don't see progression. I don't know if that's true or not. I, well, I mean, so they say. But, I mean, I hope that that's not the case. But, I mean, it just sucks to see. But next up, you had D- Tony D'Angelo. Um, they're on a bridge. <laughs> They're on a bridge. They, re- yeah, so, they reenacted this scene, the famous scene from Anchorman. I never saw that movie. Really? Yeah, I don't like Will Ferrell, so... Yeah, you're not missing out on too much. But it alludes to them throwing two dimes off a bridge, so that is how they wrote him off. And, like, obviously he wasn't there. He was released from WWE. He even said on Twitter, uh, joke's on you, I could swim or something like that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> But then Santos called and asked if he was speaking to the new North American champion just to rub it in that he lost, and Tony got pissed and, he and threw, threw his, his phone. phone into the water. Yeah, you know. Um, but I thought it was a good I, segment. I, I like this because it did give close. We got closure to somebody being fired. Yeah, you know. I think that that's always like, especially when they're being used in storylines. I mean, look at what they did with uh, Joe Gacy's guy. Harland? Yeah, there was no real explanation for that, I don't I believe. I guess he was lost or whatever, right? Just left. Right? Like, But there wasn't all that much. I mean, but I like this closure. I like this closure. Well, earlier in the night, we saw Diamond Mind with Joe Gacy on the dyad. And Joe Gacy said that if Roderick Strong doesn't appreciate them, they will welcome the Diamond Mind to them. And this led to a match setup. Yeah, uh, this matchup, you had Joe Gacy and the Dyad pick up the victory over Diamond Mind. Dyad had some uh, twin magic, you know, with the little switcheroo late in the match. And Diamond Mind, you know, kind of letting Roderick Strong just pick up that loss. But that uh, the suplex that Julius was able to hit from the mat I thought was very impressive. Yeah, that takes a lot of strength. That's something like Cesaro would do, you know? I mean, even the the deadlift gut wrench that he did. Yeah. It was with ease. Yeah. But um, I still don't know how you don't get the creeds. I feel like you're about to be like, I have, I'm going to make you an offer. No, I'm like, I'm suffering here. (laughs) My voice is is shot, man. 
Yeah, I, can, I, I guess that's why you didn't go into the matchup. That would probably I took make sense. a big sense. second to cough. Yeah, Brent, for those that are listening, uh, Brandon's not feeling 100% with his voice. I said it at voice. the beginning of the show. What if they yeah. don't listen mid-show? Yeah, so, you know, we got to roll with uh, <laughs> the punches. And uh, unfortunately, the voice is a little bit hoarse. Yeah. But uh, Roderick Strong tagged himself in, and, and Brutus ends up saving Roddy from getting hit by Joe Gacy. But Roddy was uh, too busy yelling at the Creed, so he got got. Yeah, and the Creed's let him get got. And then it's not that he let them get got or let him get got. But well, they didn't even stop. Yeah, well, and Roddy blamed the them for not listening to him. Yeah, they didn't break up the pin or anything. They just stood there pissed. Yeah, and then Roderick Strong set up him and Damon Kemp next week versus the Creeds, and I think the titles are on the line. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, Carmelo Hayes was asked about him versus Grayson Waller for next week, and McKenzie ends up saying that Carmelo Hayes, he was, like, shocked. He's like, what do you mean, me versus Carmelo, uh, me versus Grayson Waller? And she was like, well, you signed the contract earlier. And I thought that was really funny because it was Waller disguised it as getting autographs for his family. <laughs> so he signed, like, a basketball and a bunch of 8x10s, and I guess the contract was in there, too. That's so pretty that clever. Funny. I do like that. But next up, you had Lash Legend. Yeah, basically just saying Alba Fire is on the shelf. Yeah, you know. What are you doing with Kaylee Ray? Kelly Ray. I feel like I'm like when I do it, it's like a Joey, uh, Joey Janela kind of a thing. I don't know. But next up, you had Sanga pick up the victory over Zion uh, Quinn. Um, I like Quinn this match. attacked uh, Sanga before during during his entrance. Yeah, and I didn't think the match was gonna actually happen. No, but hey, you can't stop Sanga. I what do you think huge... of Sanga's new gear? Dude, I'm he a looks win. like uh, it was like Goldberg. I'm a, I'm a fan. Gemini. It's a win. <laughs> I don't know if he should be wearing that. I, I liked his like his uh, Bludgeon Brothers gear beforehand, but I guess this shows maybe more main event look to him, perhaps. Yeah, and there's that rumor that Sanga could be called up soon, right? Uh, I don't. I never heard that. Yeah, I think I, I saw it today, sheets, brother. I think I saw today the, the sheets were saying that Zion Quint. I think it was Zion Quint and Sanga could get called up or. Sanga and someone else. Well, Sanga um, used a choke slam as a finisher. If he's going to be using a choke slam, I would prefer some sort of like sit out choke yeah. slam. But I guess maybe he can't because Damian Priest uses that. I mean, yeah, that's true. But later but... on, Apollo Cruz and Solo Sokoa were talking backstage, and Zion oh, Quinn interrupted true. and spoke. I think it was Sanga and Sokoa, maybe. Uh, oh, Sokoa, yeah. Yeah, maybe. But Quinn interrupted them and spoke down to Apollo Crews, and, and Crews was like, on paper, your future looks good, but when I look at it, it doesn't look too good. So I don't know what the heck is going on. Like, he came back to NXT super hot. Then the past maybe two weeks, we get like these weird vignettes, Luke Cage-esque vignettes. And then this backstage segment with Apollo Crews, I don't think he's even booked for Great American Bash. Yeah, I don't how, know. It's like they not? ran out of stuff to do with him. I don't know. We're gonna it doesn't have to make see. sense. I know. But next up, you had Nikita Lyons pick up the victory over Mandy Rose, but 
It was by DQ. DQ finish. Yeah. Lions, I thought, was actually doing quite well in this. And uh, Toxic Attraction ends up attacking her during the match. And uh, Perez and Cora Jade made the save. Ends that segment. Yeah. Um, do you think that uh, Nikita could pick up the victory? Um. Well... I don't think she's facing Mandy for the championship. I thought she was. I don't think so. I don't know. I thought they mentioned that it was going to be for the title. On NXT this past week? No, no, no. For in the uh, At Bash, I think. I don't know. I thought so. Maybe I'm just making stuff up. Maybe uh, we'll see Valerie Lareda debut next week, and mm. she'll, she'll take the title off of Mandy Rose. Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, she's uh, she's gotten uh, quite the internet following, the MMA star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she just got the signed, yeah. you know, the signed gimmick. But but uh, yeah, that uh, those are all the matches on NXT. Braun Breaker and Cameron Grimes closed the show. Grimes is like, if you lose the title, they would probably, in a heartbeat, put you on SummerSlam. I don't have a backup plan. And then he brought up how this was Braun's backup plan as he wanted to play in the NFL and I guess didn't make it. And then he started making fun of Rick Steiner, never being a world champion, yada, yada. And Braun Breaker ran at at Cameron Grimes full speed into the corner. And Grimes uh, dodged it. And then tossed him into the top rope, and the top rope fell off. Yeah, I don't and know. He's like, he's like, maybe, maybe I can't beat you at a hundred percent, but it doesn't look like you're at a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't I, see, I, I don't, don't see Grimes winning this. No, though. I don't see him winning either. You know, but let's move on to some NXT. UK. Yeah, Blair Davenport made her return after months of being injured, and uh, she picked up the victory over Angel Hayes. Uh, I think this was an obvious victory. And then she cut a promo afterwards saying that she's back and there to crush hope, which I don't think was like the strongest promo. Um, I already spoke about Fallon Henley picking up the victory over Amelia McKenzie. Uh, but later on, Saray was working out at the Performance Center. Zaya Brookside and Eliza Alexander interrupted her. Mako and Amelia showed up to back her up, and then Mako laid out a challenge for the two of them, where Mako and, and Saray would team up. So Saray is over in the UK for quite some time now, or, or she's going to be there for a long term, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and then backstage, we also saw Dee Familia try to recruit Oliver Carter now that Ashton Smith is injured. So I don't necessarily see that happening, but it's very possible. You never know. It's pro wrestling. Yeah, Wolfgang picked up the victory over Shaw Samuels. Um, Noam Dar tried to get involved, but Wolfgang took him out and, and won the match. I thought it was a, a pretty good match. And that was the main event. Closing the show, we saw Trent Seven come out trying to... Nah, he didn't even try to explain his actions. He was just saying Tyler Bate lost his will to win. And he's not coming back to NXT UK to fight him. And then they had a fan like get into a spat with Trent Seven on his way out. 
and the fan jumped the barricade only to get kicked below the waist. So I thought it was a goofy ending that they had like a worked fan over there in that spot. Cause there's yeah. no way that would have happened. Like if it was a shoot fan, there's no way that would have ended that way. Mm-hmm. But it's all eventually somewhere going to lead to Trent seven versus Tyler Bate. Maybe it'll lead to, uh, when is Clash at the Kingdom or whatever? Clash at the Castle is September, I think. September 3rd in I Wales. So maybe we'll get some sort of uh, NXT UK takeover or maybe we'll get some NXT UK guys on that show. I don't know. But uh-huh. that is uh-huh. NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. It opened up with the men in the Money in the Bank ladder match in the ring for a promo. I just wasn't a fan of this. Uh, of this, Everyone was up on a ladder except for Omos. And then Miz showed up and said that he deserved to be in the match. Ezekiel showed up and said he was supposed to have a qualifying match against Kevin Owens. So he should be in it. Uh, Happy Corbin, Madcap. And then Adam Pearce finally came out and made a, a battle royal. <laughs> For no reason, it made no sense. And then Corbin won the Battle Royal. And the reason why it made no sense was the people in the Money in the Bank match were also in that match. Like, you could have just had the... it. it first of all, it shouldn't have been a Battle Royal. You did that on Monday Night Raw. That's so stupid. But if you were going to do something like that, why not just have that for another member in that ladder match spot? Later on, Madcap, Corbin, and Ezekiel and Miz argued with uh, each other, and Adam Pierce set up a fatal four-way for the main event. Really goofy beginning. Viking Raiders versus New Day didn't end up happening. New Day cut a promo beforehand, and then the Raiders came out and beat them with shields. So, that's certainly something. After that, Liv Morgan, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss picked up the victory over Raquel Rodriguez, Shotzi Blackheart, and Lacey Evans. Becky Lynch did commentary for this. There was a spot that I thought was really funny when Shotzi, I don't know if she tagged herself in, but she tripped Raquel so that Raquel would do like a, a slam, like a almost like a world's strongest slam to Alexa Bliss. And I thought that was like one of the funniest tag team moves that I've ever seen because it was meant to hurt both of them, but uh, I thought it was a decent match. Liv Morgan won with the Oblivion on Shotzi Blackheart, so she's probably not winning the Money in the Bank. Probably a predictable outcome that the the Team Raw won over Team SmackDown. But afterwards, Becky Lynch got to the ring and hit a manhandle slam on Asuka, and Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch, uh, Alexa Bliss, just literally stood there and let it happen. I thought that was weird. Backstage, Sonya Deville approached Adam Pierce and said that what he did to her last week was wrong. She filed a complaint and then she apologized or said she's sorry for what she's about to do or whatever. Slapped the absolute hell out of Adam Pierce. Like she ripped his face off. That I've that's one of the hardest slaps I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Had to be. After that, we saw a segment with the Usos and the Street Profits, an ask segment or something. I think commentary called it a game show, but 
It was definitely not a game show. And I don't think this segment was necessary in the format that it was. But I didn't mind it as a whole. I'm glad that it didn't turn into a brawl. And I liked the fact that the Street Profits actually showed respect to the Usos. After that, uh, the debut of Max Dupree, or the in-ring, whatever, he showed up in the ring this time. He had a custom mic for the, the Maximum Male Models, and he introduced Mace, who uh, was the first model, he's now known as Mace, and then Mansoor was there too, he, he's uh, Mansois. <laughs> and I was going to say, I think this segment died hard in the crowd, but the timeline on Twitter seemed pretty split on whether or not people liked it or hated it. So uh, we'll see what happens with it. They're unveiling the 2022 tennis wear collection next week. So that's a thing. Main event saw Madcap Moss pick up the victory over Baron Corbin, Miz, and Ezekiel to earn the final spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. We already recorded those uh, predictions, but I still think that Seth Rollins is going to be walking away with that. But I like that sunset flip that uh, from, the, from the middle rope that Ezekiel hit on Madcap Moss, which made Madcap hit a German suplex on Miz. I thought that was cool. And then the catapult that Madcap did to Miz into Corbin's crotch I thought was a good spot. But in the end, Corbin hit the end of days on Ezekiel and then uh, Madcap tossed him out of the ring and and stole the the victory. So I think that's uh, whatever. It was a decent main event. Really goofy opening. But that was SmackDown moving over to some Money in the Bank predictions. Money in the Bank taking place in Paradise, Nevada at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. We could just say Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, Taking place tomorrow, Saturday. A bunch of the matches for the U.S. Championship. Austin Theory defended the title against Bobby Lashley. I think think I'm going to say Theory. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with Theory retaining. Although, if Bobby Lashley wins the title, that could free up Theory for John Cena at, at uh, SummerSlam. Or it could lead to Theory versus Cena for the U.S. Championship, and then Cena gets back his U.S. Championship. Yeah, but he and needs the Intercontinental Championship. Why? To become Grand Slam. Oh. Hmm. Who is IC Champ? Walter. Oh. That would be an interesting match. Walter versus John Cena at SummerSlam? Yeah, I don't necessarily see that happening, but... Me neither. I'm surprised that he's not Grand Slam champion, though. Yeah, well... I don't know, but... a lot of time getting other titles. That's true. Uh, Let's go over the tag team match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. The Usos taking on the Street Profits. I'm going to go with the Usos. Yeah, I'm saying Usos, too. Again... By the time this is released, we could have a a stipulation, but who knows. For the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey defends it against Natalya. I'd love to see Natalya pick up the victory here. I'm going to say Ronda Rousey, though. I'm going to stick with Ronda Rousey as well. I I don't think Natalya's going to pick up the victory. 
But next up, let's move on to the Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair pick, picking up a victory. I'm already saying my prediction. But taking on Carmella, and I think she is going to pick up the victory. I'm going with Belair. Um, I still feel like... I feel like Carmella is more cash-inable. Cash-in-onable. I mean, wouldn't be the first time. I think Carmella's going to win, and then Becky Lynch could pick up the victory over her. And then Be- Belair's like, oh, but you didn't beat me. And then that could lead then, to SummerSlam. What does that say if Carmella defeats Belair? I mean, what, do you think that it would be clean? Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like if Carmella won, there would have to be some sort of uh, interference or something of a distraction. Maybe we see the return of James Ellsworth. Uh-huh. Would you no. mark out or no? No. I Come wouldn't. on. No. Come on. No, no, no. no well, no. for a women's championship contract, Money in the Bank ladder match, you got Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Shotzi, Blackheart, Becky Lynch, and Raquel Rodriguez. I really, really want Shotzi to win. Honestly, anybody except for Lacey Evans, I would prefer to not have Becky Lynch win, but I'm going to say Becky Lynch wins. I'm going to go with, I think Asuka's going to cost, somebody's going to cost Becky Lynch. I'm going to go with Liv Morgan. Maybe Bailey. That would be interesting. I'm going to, I'm going with Liv Morgan as the winner of the Money in the Bank briefcase. But, um, yeah, moving on to the Money in the Bank ladder match for the wor- for a world championship match contract. Seth freaking Rollins versus Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Omos, Sami Zayn, Riddle, and to be determined. Probably already determined by the time SmackDown's over, <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Rollins. Um, they can I'm going to say Rollins and Becky too. Lynch, uh, first, uh, couple to win the, the money in the bank together. I mean, they are both on the poster. Yeah. And they're both on the poster for money in the bank. So you who do you who? think the two beat? I'm sorry. Who'd you say? Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. No, but who did you say to win? Oh, I'm, I'm going with Seth Rollins. And I don't who know do you... who it's going to be. Who would you say, um... Maybe it's AJ Styles, Logan Paul, right? I don't know. It would be interesting because <laughs> I have no idea. We really only have one day to figure it out, unless it's just a total. It's gonna. It, there's no way it's not going to be figured out on SmackDown. If it isn't, I would actually love it to be hidden until Sunday. Yeah, it's on it... Saturday though. Wait, Money in the Bank's on Saturday? Yep. Oh. Interesting. It's supposed to be a big stadium show on Saturday, and then tickets didn't sell. They moved it to a smaller venue. Ah. But I think the amount of tickets they already sold um, was over the amount of seats in the arena. Uh-huh. So they had to refund? Yeah, they refunded everybody. They would have had to refund anyway, because you can't move a, a stadium into an arena. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if it's sold out or, or what, but people definitely got screwed out of their tickets. Yeah. I'm going to like go with Rollins. Seats-wise, but yeah. 
Uh, those are the predictions for Money in the Bank. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break right now, and we'll be right back with Chris here on Marking Out. Hey, this is Kurt Angle. Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. All right, back on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Chris here with Brandon. Uh, Brandon, how are we doing today? I'm still doing uh, awesome as always-ish. Yeah. You, on the other hand. Me, on the other you've hand. You've had quite the week. Yeah, because we talked about last week. I went to Vegas for a friend's wedding, uh, had a rager of a time. uh, And unfortunately, when I came back, I uh, came back and tested positive for COVID. So uh, my wife... uh, What the hell is that noise? Okay, so so anyway... What is that noise? Okay, it's outside. (laughs) No, so my wife, rather than having me live in one room of the house, she decided to put me up at the... uh, uh, beautiful uh, red roof in. So I've been here for the past three days, um, but uh, I'm feeling good today. I mean, what have you been doing for food? Uh, uh, Grubhub, and I went on my way here. I uh, I bought a pizza, and I've been eating that entire pizza, and I've just like stocked up with liquids, and Gatorades, and all that stuff. And my I aunt got a was, pizza from Lidl the other day. Lidl. Is it Lidl? It's Lidl. Yeah. Are you sure? The commercials, I can swear, say Lidl. Well, those freaking Swedes, man. I think it's Lidl, but it, the pizza was disgusting. Yeah. Li- uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Me and Brandon just sound terrible this week. Um, yeah. This is the most I've had to talk uh, in like three days. So um, I just honestly, I thought that I was just hungover from Vegas and I had a shoot on Wednesday morning. I'm like, you know what? Let me just be safe and test myself. So I swab myself. I... Go to the bathroom, I come back, and it just, you see the double lines. I was like, oh no. So, kind of put a, yeah, a that's damp. Awful. Yeah, I know. With 4th of July coming, well, I get to come out of quarantine on 4th of July. So, let freedom ring, right, brother? <laughs> um, but Vegas was, you know, Vegas is Vegas. Um, I had a different experience from when I went in February, where that was just for work. This time it was like we got there and it just went hard. Um, and I went to the, uh, famous nerd in on like Fremont street area right there in North Vegas. Do I sound like terrible? You do. I do. Let me drink some of this Topo Chico I have here. (laughs) What Mm. is Topo Chico? I've never heard of that before. Oh, it is the best. Um, it's mineral water. Oh. It's like sparkling water and it's like one of the, it's like one of the oldest and well-known. So I had a case in my house before I left. I took like three of them just to hang out with. I took a Ricola before this. So I can't wait to talk about Ricola because we're going to talk about Ricola <laughs> later in this podcast. Um, but yeah, we went to the Nerd, um, which was cool. You know, major pot wrestling figure podcast had their live 10 show there. So it was kind of cool to see that they have like a bowling alley and a lot of vintage stuff, a lot of vintage like arcade games, which was cool. Um, what else did we do on Sunday? I went to this Mexican spot for breakfast on Sunday for brunch and it was bottomless mimosas. Um, and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, seven, ladies and gentlemen. So maybe that's why I felt like I was hungover for two days. But uh, I'm on the mend. Um, I feel today is like the first day I finally I, like I feel like normal. You know, I just don't feel like I'm like hungover. Like yesterday, I was just laying in bed, always like I can't sit up. Blah 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 blah. Until uh, this morning, I woke up and I feel great. I watched about four seasons of South Park because wow. I've had nothing to do. 
Um, you know, I brought my laptop to do some editing, but like I really had not had that much editing to do. So, uh, and I'm glad that we get to talk on this podcast. So, um, it was a it was a crazy week for me. It was a crazy week in all elite wrestling because they had a huge pay per view, uh, and it started off the Saturday, the Friday before, with AEW Rampage. Um, we spoke about it last week. There was a lot of people on the AEW roster who unfortunately could not be at Forbidden Door because of their affiliation with what was it CMLL or AAA or AAA AAA. But uh, they were able to showcase a couple of those people on Rampage. Uh, and banger of a match between Andrade, El Idolo, and Ray Phoenix. Uh, but the the bigger story afterwards uh, came uh, because you have Rush come in, strip Ray Phoenix of his mask, um, and they reveal their new shirts, the Ingobernables, uh, Faction Ingobernables. Yeah. So, Which is La Faccion and Gobernable was what they used in in Ring of Honor as well, so that carries over to AAA also, so it carries over to yeah. AEW now. So it carries over to AEW, but maybe you'll see Roosh and Andrade maybe go to Ring of Honor and keep that, that faction going on in Ring of Honor, which would be cool. Um, um this a match though I thought was probably one of the best matches in AEW in recent AEW history. Really? Yeah. Well, you're also a big Lucha fan, so this was a, a really good match. Yeah. So, um, interesting match here. You had Mercedes Martinez, the Ring of Honor World Champion, Serena Deeb tag teaming to face off against Lainey Luck and Sierra. They obviously picked up the victory here. Um, I kind of like this pairing. But why this took place, I have no idea. I, hey, hey, listen, showcasing, you got to have the, fe- the, female, the female match on the show, right? I think, I feel like Deeb and Martinez kind of like fell pretty, pretty far here. Well, it's, you know, you get one well, That's what AEW for- does. It's like, unless you're someone like the Young Bucks, yeah, who you're not guaranteed to be on weekly television. Yeah, get a stupid promo. Oh, we have nobody to face. I'm getting and it's head- unfortunate because it's like, I, that's not how connecting with fans works. Mm-hmm. It's like Wardlow. Where's Wardlow? Uh, yeah, he was. He had a backstage promo. Apparently, he's facing uh, somebody next week on Rampage. Yeah, um, Scorpio Sky. But yeah, but Hook. Uh, you know, they showed some of the the young the young lions. You could say as Hook picked up a victory over the DKC in a singles match. So you know, got to see Hook uh, face off against some New Japan talent. And then he had a big main event match. Uh, between uh, Jeff Cobb and uh, De- and Cash Wheeler, so I got to see. I think this is the first time. <clears throat> excuse me, so much talking for me. <laughs> this is the uh, first time since uh, the Owen Hart qualifying match we got to see Cash Wheeler in a singles match. Yeah, so uh, it was but, decent, it, yeah. but the end of Rampage ended the just same. like Dynamite, yeah. just with the the tag teams. Yeah, I like I like that they had Caprice Coleman on the commentary. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was a nice AEW rampage leading up to Forbidden Door. And let's talk about Forbidden Door. Uh, you got to talk about the buy-in because you had matches on matches on matches as you had uh, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto uh, defeating Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. Um, you had Lance I would have Hart. been beyond shocked if, if Bishamon lost. Yeah. But they did. They I feel won. like it could have been a shorter match, but I liked commentary. It must have been Excalibur 
saying that um, Goto literally went from trying to be in the main event of Forbidden Door to <laughs> literally opening the first match on the, the buy-in. Hey, he's still there. He's still there. Uh, you had Powerhouse, I mean, you had uh, Lance Archer defeating Nick Camarado, which is, it, it, essentially, it's an AEW versus AEW match, but it's also a I think this was hype for Archer to put him over for the, what is it, the G1 or something coming yeah. up? Yeah, he's uh, he's in the G1, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, and then you have Swerve in your glory defeating Suzuki-gun. So, I guess they're now on the same page. Yeah, I, get that I don't think so, but this got a little goofy, but... Team Taz came out afterwards, basically challenged them to a match, and we'll see more from that. Yep. Uh, but but the most important thing out of the whole buy-in was the Gun Club with Max Caster picking up the victory over the New Japan Dojo guys. But it wasn't the match itself. It was afterwards. Before? What do you mean? During the match, Danhausen showed up on no, the it wasn't. No, 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 no. It wasn't just Danhausen. It was giant Danhausen. Okay? Is Say, that what they refer to him as? He referred to himself as that. Oh, I didn't realize ass, that. He said, ass boys, this is giant dad house in. He's like, I'm oh, crushing you. Screen. I'm crushing you. And he gave them a gift of their own custom entrance theme, which I think I spoke about a couple of months ago. Yeah, we, it's such a good theme song. It's, it gets, so, it's stuck in my head right now. It's now on, I know, I was on it throughout the weekend in Vegas. I was just singing, I think I woke up Monday morning going, we're the ass boys. <laughs> Um, and then Colton and Austin ran off. They just, and it was so funny. The LA Dojo jumped Billy Gunn and Max Caster. The match starts. And then eventually, I mean, Billy Gunn, for the most part, was on the outside. Caster spent a bunch of the match getting beat down. Billy gets a hot tag and uh, literally slowed the match down, which I thought was really, really good on Billy Gunn's behalf. That's like some veteran stuff where it's like the dojo dudes are moving kind of fast. He's like, just slow down, slow down a little bit. So I thought yeah, that was pretty so. cool. But the Billy Gunn is tremendous. He's fantastic. He still is good. Caster, in the end, uh, Billy tags him in for the victory. and So it was a handicap match. To me, it kind of makes the dojo look bad. I could see that. Especially since they explained that Coughlin had recently graduated to the next level where he gets to pick gear and stuff. Yeah. But... Yeah. Ultimately, I thought it was a uh, very good match for a learning experience, at least, for them to work against Billy Gunn like that. Yeah, and also for you know, Max Caster to work a bunch of New Japan guys. Yes, they might be young boys, but still. Um, but you kicked also off. Also, we had MYWC versus Creative Pro. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, our home tape. Yeah, Alf Coughlin's a uh, uh, MYWC guy, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so... Cool. But uh, you started off Forbidden Door with Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki picking up the victory over Eddie Kingston, Shota Unimo, uh, and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, they then explained that the winner of this match gets the advantage of Blood and Guts for Wednesday, so they add a stipulation to it, which I really enjoyed. Um, I thought that stipulation was already there. Was it there? I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention I thought to that so. much. Um, yeah, I think so, because that's why, we, that's, why, I mean, that's why I picked Jericho Appreciation Society, mm-hmm. at least. I think, but uh, this started almost like the ending of Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, where they um, all just well, like started brawling. But Minoru Suzuki gets his full entrance, so there's no uh, Suzuki incident here. Well, they still um, talked over it, so. But and, and I like to like how they in the beginning they showed what happened 
when Shota Un- Unuma was a young boy and Jericho was beating yeah. the crap out of him at Wrestle Kingdom. So I like that. Jericho picks up the victory. They have the advantage to blood and guts. I got to say, God bless Kevin Kelly. He was a breath of fresh air on commentary here. He's fantastic. Caprice oh, yeah. Coleman also being there was, was great when obviously um, the Ring of Honor match was, but... The Ring, the Ring of Honor match was great, and we'll talk about that as we have new IWGP World Tag Team Champions as FTR picked up the victory over United oh, Empire. before that, and by the, the way, device. God, no. backstage, yeah. when uh, Chris Jericho later on, he was like, he went up to Omino to be like, you've earned my respect. And I was like, oh, that's pretty nice of him. And then, boom, throws a fireball in his face. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny. So... So maybe someday in the future we'll see Chris Jericho versus Amino one on one. That'd be cool. But we have new IWGP Tag Team Champions, Dax, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, FTR. What do you I, What do you think? You um, think it, I think this is the right move. I think that 100%. now you have to put the I think you have to put the AEW Tag Team Titles on them all out. Young Bucks versus yeah. FTR seventeen. Dax so. walk. He had to. He got walked off during this, holding his shoulder. Yeah, and I but believe Kevin Kelly announced that it was dislocated. Oh my god! But you know, maybe ends, that that was part of the story. That that's what I don't know. But like, I, I, people are are leaning more towards the side that it was actually dislocated, and he he went back and popped it in and came back out. So I think him coming back out should have been the end of the match, though. Wrestler of the year, Dax That's what a lot of people are saying. All right. Um, you have Tony Schiavone backstage with Juice Robinson and Switchblade Jay White. White saying he's walking out as champion tonight. Um, and then you had your four corners match for the brand new AEW All Atlantic Championship match, which we were both wrong on. Uh, it's Pac, the bastard. Pac. I should have been right though. <laughs> you should have, yeah. Why? But listen, give Pac all the credit in the world. He's one of those day one I, AEW guys. All the credit is there to Pac, but. but- and he's he in that it. trios team, so it's like that's why. It's funny people were uh, were talking about Billy Gunn's record today, or, or all over the internet and, recently. And, yeah, that was because yeah, his, that was his record doesn't line up with the amount of matches listed there. <laughs> but but I think it's because they have no slot for like ten man and eight man tags. Yeah, well, also so too, that's you know, the rankings extra, don't make sense either. So well. But but Clark Connors coming out pretty impressive in this. Everybody was saying that. Everybody was saying he was very impressive with it. They they were chanting his name. He got a big pop for putting Miro through the table. Yeah. And then um, he yeah, deserved it. I, I I would love to see Clark Connors back. I didn't know Clark Connors prior to this tournament. So and that's good. Now now you can go back and you can start looking up. Uh, I don't have New Japan World, but yeah, you definitely have somebody that has a password. I don't know. I mean. Are you hinting something at me? Or? No, I'm not. I don't have New Japan World either. <laughs> but um, Miro had the clutch locked on Pack, and Malachi Black came in, spit the mist into his eyes, and then uh, Pack ends up hitting the, the 450 on, on Malachi Black. And, yeah. And then made Clark Connors tap to pick up the victory. Yes, he did. What a wild ride. A wild, the, the most wild ride indeed. But congratulations to Pac, man. Uh, somebody that, especially with the, the lockdowns of you know 2020 because of COVID, wasn't allowed to come back over to the United States. And now he's here. He's a champion. He's an inaugural champion. And you can't take that away from him. More importantly, his country touches. So Yeah, his country. <laughs> that's the most <laughs> important thing. 
I would say so. So Miro, it's like barely he barely gets away with it. Like he, I think he borders the Black Sea, and that's like it goes eventually into the Atlantic Ocean. Brandon is geography. I was that was my my two favorite subjects: geography and lunch. <laughs> I was always a math guy. I uh, was awful in math. So um, it was supposed to be a, a four, an eight-man tag team match next. But unfortunately, one of the competitors uh, could not travel to the United States because he had a fever. So it got changed into a six-man match. As the dudes with attitudes, Darby Allen Sting and Shingo Takagi pick up the victory over the Young Bucks and El Fantasma with Hikaleo. Um, Sting with that Darby Allen-esque dive. Do you think it's smart that when everybody's out injured, <laughs> you go ahead and do something like that. Um, yes and no, but it got a huge pop. And yeah, of Sting course, it is, did, Sting's but... having a hell of a run in AEW. So I, it I, was uh, it was quite disappointing though that Takahashi couldn't make the that's trip was, over. But, yep. And a lot of people wanted to see his cat. I saw pictures; his cat was there. <laughs> what is he like? The new Teddy Hart? I mean, that's no. He's got the the stuffed animal. Daryl, oh, I think it is. I'm sorry, I don't pay attention to New Japan that much. You've never seen his cat? No, I know like <laughs> Teddy Hart's cat. Well, no, that's a shoot cat. Oh yeah, but, but Mr. Uh, Mr. Money, right? Yeah, we saw well, him. We saw him. We live. did see. I think I have pictures. Hart, yeah. But Kevin Kelly used Nick Matocho's <laughs> Los Stingobernables. What do you mean? By he the way, called Nick... them Los Stingobernables. By the way, Nick Matoka made our logo. out for that. Yeah. So. But Hikaleu got involved behind the referee's back and attacked Sting. To me, this match was too goofy. Sting it's a young, it's a young Bucks a match. spot at one point. And so Nick the, was like, no, go. You got to go back in the ring. So. Whatever. Um, it was unfortunate. Um, I feel like the match that they announced for Rampage tonight would have probably been um uh what was i gonna say <laughs> i don't know let's just continue on then um because we can talk about rampage after dynamite thunder rosa picks up the victory over tony storm uh i think this was the best face paint that thunder rosa's ever had ever i liked her eye it was different yeah it was cool I don't know if she's ever done that the color in her um, eyeball but Thunder Rosa hit the final reckoning and pinned uh, Tony Storm. So that German suplex spot on the apron and then the the tornado DDT off of it by Tony Storm, I thought was really nice. Yes, yes. It was. They announced Grand Slam, by the way, for September twenty first. Yeah, I know that's very cool. I wonder if uh, uh, Thunder Rosa is going to have a big match there or something. Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. Um, one of me, one of the matches of the evening. Saw Will Ospreay successfully defend his United States heavyweight title match against freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Um, I liked when Jim Ross comes on commentary. Taz goes, hey, look, it's my old boss. And then Kevin Kelly goes, yeah, it's my old boss, too. That I love that line. I thought it was so funny. It was so funny. And this then match, Excalibur though. just had to sit there and not say anything. But this match, man. Wow. I thought it went a little too long for me, but I enjoyed most of it. You know, people, everyone's always like, oh, Orange Cassidy sucks. He can't wrestle or whatever. But we've seen we've seen bits and pieces of him where he actually can wrestle. So but this is like, you know, everyone's like saying, oh, yeah, this is Orange Cassidy's coming out party. No, this isn't. Uh, Yeah, I don't think that's I I think this I think this match solidified him as a superstar. 
in AEW because he's always been he's always been very good. He's always been he's always gets the pops and the fans and everything like that. But this match, especially with someone as world renowned as Will Ospreay, and like it was like even too like when he went to go hit it was at the end of the match, and Osprey went to go hit the sto- the Stormbreaker. And he turns into the stun dog wheel here, and he's like all the way up in the air and hits the the stun dog. I was like, I'm like Jesus. I'm like, <laughs> it was incredible. It was I just, so good. I think when you have too many false finishes, when the outcome is like super obvious, I don't think it does anything for the match. And there were okay. a lot of false finishes in this. I know, but that's the style of wrestling that this but match like that, was. That was again, like the again, 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 was... again. Let me look. Wrestling is subjective. You may not have liked it. You may have not liked the false finishes. I was on the edge of my seat watching this match. I was like, oh my God. I mean, by the end, like after he kicked out of the, um, the orange punch and, and the beach break at the end of it, I'm like, Will Ospreay's going to win this. And also, too, the way that he landed the, the Stormbreaker at the end of the match, beautiful. Like that was such a beautiful way to end it. Um, however, uh, Post match though, you have uh, Aussie Open come and try to uh, beat up Orange Cassidy. You have Trent Rocky run in, um, and then out of nowhere comes Shibata. Completely Everyone, unexpected. Completely unexpected. Kind of Will Osprey kind of powder patters out, uh, and Shibata hits a, a rear naked choke until Aussie Open uh, tries to uh, get Will Ospreay out of the ring. And then you have the uh, baby faces celebrate by uh, Orange Cassidy putting the aviator sunglasses on Shibata and him being all about it, which was really cool. I wonder how much of this pay-per-view affects New Japan. I don't think that much. Like, obviously, FTR, they're the champions, but and I fully expect them to like fly to Japan and, and do something over there, but... Oh, absolutely. I don't necessarily see that happening, but... It's going to happen, trust me. Well, I mean, they have G1 coming up this summer, so they essentially just use all that, guys, so maybe even the fall after, uh, you know, All Out and everything like that, so. But uh, next up, the other match of the evening, supposed to be Zach Jaber Jr. versus uh, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson was not clear to wrestle, but he's going to bring somebody that was astounding, and he did, in the newest member of the Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio Castagnoli, getting his flowers. When he came, and he's out, got a dope theme like, song. The pl- the, yeah, the, the, the eighteen twelve overture remix. I thought was fantastic. Well, he used to use the eighteen twelve overture as his. Oh, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, back uh, when he'd come out to the ring, like did it, did it, did it, go hey. So oh, I don't remember that at all. It's a little throwback to uh, Claudio Castagnoli Ring of Honor indie days. I believe so, it's called the uh, eighteen twelve swing symphony. Okay, cool. Like swing uh, and symphony. Yes, absolutely. But, um, but he got an incredible pop. He got an incredible And the match, dude, he started off super hot with that uppercut and the neutralizer right away. Yes, I know. That's what I thought. I'm like, this match is going to be over right here. And then Zack Sabre Jr. kicked out. Yeah, um, I thought. I was like, okay. I mean, if maybe something's wrong with Zack Sabre Jr., I can see that happening. But, but I thought it was great. The, the one-arm powerbomb that Cesaro, uh, Claudio carried him up the, the steps with. Yeah, I thought it, it just it fantastic. Made, the and, match was just great in general. Yes, the match was fantastic. Um, Claudio looked like a million bucks. They really put him over, uh, and he wins with uh, something that Brandon uh, was chewing on before. Ricola. He hits with the Ricola bomb for the win. <laughs> so I don't. Think and it was the I would say the pop of the night, maybe match of the night as well. Um, I between that and the Osprey Orange Cassidy match, my two favorites. Um, Jay White 
is still your IWGP champion, picking up the victory over Adam Cole, Hangman Page, Rainmaker, and Kazuchika Okada. Which um, Do you know everybody that said his name on on uh, on what's what's this pay per view Forbidden Door? <laughs> they all said his name differently. Yeah, I know. Was... It's like when they pronounce Ishi, and they call him Ishi, and it's like, but that's not what everybody else says. Well, why is everybody here calling him Ishi? I don't know. Maybe they should have sent out a media packet with how you properly pronounce his name. But anyway, the end of the, I, I don't the match was you know the match was. Uh, uh, I thought the match was pretty good. But let's do, like the ending. I know a lot of people were kind of like they said was goofy. Apparently, the ending saw Adam Cole get injured, which caused the ending of the match to get a little silly. Jay White grabbed Adam Cole, rolled him up, and stole the pin. So. Yeah, I guess uh, Adam Cole was about to get hit with the Rainmaker, and when he turned him around, he just dropped to the mat yeah. and rolled over. And then I believe there might have been a buckshot in there. Not a buckshot. Um, I don't know. Something else happened where you would have thought that Jay White would have pinned Okada. Yeah. But I don't know. Cole went into this match injured, and now it looks like he's going to be out for a while now. I know. It's kind of, it kind of stands. It's very... Very unfortunate. I know. The the summer of no and it top sucked guys. That, that put a damper on that match. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, main event, John Moxley picked up the victory over Tanahashi, become the interim AEW champion. Uh, I think my favorite part of this was them mentioning Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Noki taking place <laughs> on the same date. Hey, listen. And I pop because that's technically WWE's showdown at Shea. Oh, my God. Like, that show took place on the 25th, but... It was telecasted from Japan, which was on the 26th in Japan already. Okay. And I thought it's cool because it's regarded as the first, like, technically MMA match, so. Yeah. But as far as this match, I thought it was a decent match. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't bad. It was, again, we predicted it. Um, Why Moxley this- got busted open, that was, I didn't get that. It was off of the um, sling blade. Yes. I don't know. Maybe he, I didn't. his forearm busted him open. Maybe he had a cut there previously, but. And then fans started booing Moxley at one point when he's beaten Tanahashi. And then I thought that the ending was kind of a dud. Why? With them just setting up uh, setting up. No, I mean the end of the match. The end of the pay-per-view was awful. But Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the end of the match, Moxley wins. But after the match, too, you have Jericho Appreciation Society run down. And the Kingston run down. And then Claudio comes out and cleans house. So, but, I mean, again, you're, you're highlighting Claudio. Which is what you it's want. crazy. Claudio's pop earlier in the night, huge. The pop here, not so much. I think because everybody was just spent four hours of freaking. You know. Fans died hard until until Claudio came out, but it just it wasn't the same level of pop. Yeah, this so, to me, this was on the same level of of Eddie Kingston passing out over John Moxley with the the Gilbert pyro. <laughs> I thought that was such no a way. bad ending for no a way. Dude, they ended the pay-per-view like they ended Dynamite and Rampage. That was three different events, ended the exact same way. And Forbidden Door, the actual pay-per-view, started the same way. Dud ending. Bad. Well... That's that's Brandon. That's Brandon. But now uh, a lot so, of people were saying. Well, that, that so. yeah. What, what the inter- What the five people on the internet? Um, no, there's but anyway, a lot of bots on the internet, Mr. Khan. There is a lot of bots on the internet. Um, but anyway, Forbidden Door, cool, very cool concept. You know, after all the injuries and everything like that, it's still delivered with the surprises, with you know, great matches in there. Uh, but let's go to AEW Dynamite. But let's let's look at the AEW power rankings. 
for Wednesday. June 29th. <laughs> we shouldn't. <laughs> we shouldn't. Well, right now, your number one content, your number one is Wardlow. Number two is Hangman Page. But see, that doesn't make sense. Like, if Wardlow is is like forgoing his title shot, where's Hangman's shot? Well, Hangman just lost in a match. Jay Lethal is now number three. Lance Archer. I have no idea. He hasn't wrestled a lick. Where's he? Where's he wrestling? Dark elevation. That makes no sense. Lance Archer is now number four. Um, and Powerhouse Hobbs is number five. about to be number six. Where is he? <laughs> Powerhouse Hobbs is number five. Uh, in the women's division, you still have Nyla Rose number one, Chris Tatlander number two, Tony Storm number three, uh, Serena Deeb number four, and Britt Baker number five. Uh, and then. For your tag team championships, FTR number one, respectively. They should just put them in their own echelon. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks are number two. And Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, three. Alex Reynolds and John Silver, number four. And the Gun Club is number five. So Dark Order, by the way, taking a hit, another hit this week. I'm, but listen, uh, yes, it was reported that Alan Angel's contract is up and he's they're not renewing him. The kid is 24 years old. You know, yeah, but Dark and Order is a group that you could have easily he, placed into the new Ring of Honor and instantly but, been but top again, faces. He's 24 years old. He has been on TV constantly for two years. What 22-year-old professional wrestler can say, hey, I learned how to wrestle on television. So now he can go out and do his thing. And then Brandon, NXT might be able to sign him. He might go to NXT UK. You never know. NXT UK, I don't think so. Oh my god! But but hey, but now he still has the he can go out and make indie money. Hey, I was in the Dark Order. You want the Dark Order gimmick? I'll bring it. That's it. Good for him. So excited to see what happens with Alan Angels next. I and, mean, technically, I don't know if he's not allowed to do Dark Order stuff on the Independence. Like if he were to tag with Johnny and Alex or something. But that means like Honky Tonk Man shouldn't be able to do Honky Tonk Man stuff on the Independence. Well, Honky Tonk does Honky Tonk. I, so I mean, they, like, I'm saying, like, I don't know if he would be able to tag with John Silver and Alex Reynolds as Dark Order. Why not? Well, because he's technically not part of AEW anymore. But he's still part. He's still a full member of the Dark Order for two something years. I yeah, I get that. Like, I would say he should be able to, but on a technicality, I don't know if he'd be actually able to. I think he'll be able to. I think he'll be Like, when they go out of, like, WWE or whatever, they're not, like, you can't actually build them as such. Yeah. Um, you could, uh, yes and no, but anyway, that's besides the point. Let's go to Blood and Guts in the Little Caesars Arena. Have you ever had Little Caesars pizza before? I have probably never had Little Caesars pizza product. Oh, yeah, so, my God, here we go. God. That's not real pizza, and if, that's, and that's if any stop. of the pizza product chains, I'm assuming Little Caesars at the bottom end. Stop. Have you had Little Caesars? No, stop. I don't want you to go on a 25-minute rant. Say this no, but you. have you had Little no, Caesars? No, I haven't. Let's talk about Blood and Guts. The open-up show, great match. Orange Cassidy picking up the victory over Ethan Page. Orange Cassidy, new music, going back to his old indie music of Jane by Jefferson Starship. Um, I thought it was great. Um, the song. I, well, the song's fantastic. I like. I like that they they brought him back to his old indie music, which is very cool as well. Um, Bro, I Tony uh, Khan was pissed off about that. Why? He got pissed off at Sean Ross Sapp because he, uh, I guess technically he leaked that they were going to give Orange Cassidy this theme song, and then at Forbidden Door he didn't show up with the theme song, and people were like, "Oh, I thought he was getting a new theme song." Blah 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 blah. 
And Tony Khan afterwards, I believe on the media scrum was like, he was saying how disappointed he was with whoever leaked it. He spoke with Sean Ross Sapp about the, the story and everything getting out. And, um, cause it wasn't technically finalized yet, I guess. Yeah. So he was like really kind of like trashing whoever the, the leak was. Good. They're all a bunch of fake reporters. Anyway. No, but um, it wasn't it wasn't Sean Ross Sapp's fault. It was whoever leaked it. The source is somebody who works for AEW. Uh, so Tony Khan was pissed off at an AEW employee. All right. Whatever. Anyway, uh, Orange Cassidy coming out with the best friends. Got to see Chuck Taylor back on TV in sweet um, tie-dye gear. They were kicked from ringside. I assume were they wearing tie-dye because of uh, the whole like Jefferson Starship no, I think they just have matching jumpsuits now. Cause I thought it was because of like they're like a Woodstock esque band, maybe a formation, a uh, an evolution of a Woodstock band, I should say. Anyway, I like the story that they told here because Dan Lambert comes out and says, "You're facing a real heavyweight here," and Orange Cassidy kept trying to go for the power slam because you're in Detroit, WrestleMania three, Andre versus Hogan, the power slam. Um, oh, but, the, I didn't realize that's why it ended in a with the body slam like that. Yeah, that's why he Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert's like you're facing a real heavyweight here, and look at you, you're scrawny. Um, but that ending was, literally uh, made no sense to me. But now that you said that, that like it clicks. That's yeah. funny. I thought um, you know Orange Cassidy, uh, you know, hitting the orange mist on uh, Dan Lambert and getting to get the win. So I like the uh, the orange suplex Cassidy that show. Ethan Page hit while Cassidy had his hands in his pocket. <laughs> It was so good. I thought that was nice. Ethan Page, man. Um, next up after this was Christian Cage coming out and just belittling Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy's whole family. Um, and Belittling? Yeah. He's, he You're... said he's sorry that his whole family's not dead. Yeah. And then out watch, walks the new and improved Luchasaurus, uh, who squashes Serpentico. So it comes out like with the knockoff Kane theme. Mixed yeah, with yep. the original Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic Express theme song. Yep. Dressed so, in all black. Yeah. That's I don't know I mean. how people, like, that's 100% Kane's theme song. But uh, Luchasaurus picked up the victory with a modified snare trap. Yeah, with the, uh, which, yeah. I, 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 for a god the size of Luchasaurus, I don't think he should be doing snare traps. I think he well, should Well, I be think doing... it, it works into the, the story where it's like, I'm doing Jungle Boy's finisher. So when Jungle Boy comes back, it'll look like a Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus, and then it'll uh, lead to Jungle Boy versus Christian. And he chokeslammed Serpentico outside afterwards, so. Yeah, but still, that should, he should have like done like the, the cranium bomb or whatever they call it. I think it works for the story. Backstage, they had that Wardlow and Scorpio Sky set up, which uh, is for next week in a street fight. Should they be doing a street fight so soon after Blood and Guts? I don't think so. Um, trio's action after this. So uh, Max Caster and Austin and Colton Gunn face off against Danhausen and partners of his choosing. A, the pop that Danhausen got was awesome. And B, the pop that his tag team partners, FTR, got was even better. So, uh, fun match. Danhausen and FTR pick up the victory here. But afterwards, you have the gun club not happy because Anthony Bowens gets out of his wheelchair and tries to help at the end of the match. Um, and right Austin in front Gunn, of Aubrey. She saw it clear as yes. day, too. Hey, it's up to referee's discretion, correct? Well, so, I mean, she tried to hide that she didn't see it, but... Um, but 
It looks like uh, Billy Gunn's taking the side of uh, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. <laughs> I thought that was really funny too. But this, but this would be funny now because you have the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Let's say now the ass boys. I'm going to call them the ass boys. Let's say now they're like, okay, we might as well swerve into the skid here. And they start using the ass boy music and they start coming out with Dan Housen and they get super over. Like that would be, that would be smart. And it would be a great way to like set up like kind of this feud going on here. Yeah. I, uh, the one thing I guess I didn't really enjoy from this was the fact that FTR went from winning the IWGP championships to a comedy trios match. So it it shows they can do everything and they got a super pop. They got a super pop. I don't know. I don't think this was so strong after winning. I think it's, I think it's totally fine. And even uh, like the, you go backstage, the young bucks are sitting there. They're unhappy because everyone's injured, and they're like, the only friends they have are their titles. Good. And so then why don't they that take their sets up the, up the number one contender match for Rampage. Oh yeah, that's right, the Royal Rampage. Yeah, that's right. That that was the thing, and I, I saw spoilers, and I'm probably kind of stoked about who won. Um, I saw that as well. Yeah. Um, we don't have Sanjay Doug was backstage with Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh again, um, which we talked about earlier. Ring of Honor has a pay per view coming up. They announced it during the media scrum at Forbidden Door. It's going to be Death Before Dishonor, July twenty third. So Lethal demands that Samoa Joe is going to defend his ROH TV title against Jay Lethal at Death Before Dishonor. So first match set up here. Pretty cool. They also what was the other match that was Rampage last week? Uh, Team Taz. No, was it not Team Taz? Tully no, Blanchard. Oh yeah, Tully Blanchard. And Brian like, Cage randomly returned, and nobody's like talking about it. Well, he returned at the last Ring of Honor show, and he aligned himself with the two other guys. No, but I mean on television at least. Oh yeah, so this figure just came out. Brian Cage's. So uh, TBS Open Challenge, TBS title defended on TBS. Jade Cargill squashes Layla Gray. That's all I gotta say about that. Well, Stokely afterwards spoke about Athena and Chris Statlander, and they ran out to brawl. And it was actually Layla Gray who helped even the odds. Yeah, but, you know, maybe she's trying to get underneath her skin, and maybe she's the newest baddie. She went to shake uh, Stokely's hand, and Jade swatted it away. I thought that was funny. Yeah. She was just on uh, WWE programming a few weeks ago. Um, but at, next up, your blood and guts match where the Blackpool Combat Club defeats the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, I mentioned it about a long time ago about CZW Cage of Death it being a spectacle. This was the same thing. This match was a spectacle. And if you are a fan of gratuitous violence, um, this was the match for you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed the spots. Um, I thought the Blackpool Combat Club looked great in this. I thought the Jericho Appreciation Society looked like ridiculous with their red outfits, which somebody said on Twitter was very similar to that of the New York Dolls. I, I thought they were dressed as the New Japan logo. <laughs> no, I could see that, but because they had the yellow on there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but I thought it was—I thought it was a fun match. I thought the ending was a little goofy. I liked the spot. I liked the spot in the middle of the match where you had Jake Hager and Claudio Castagnoli uh, square off, and everybody started. That was, that was the, the best people. part. That was the best part of the match. No, the best part was Sammy Guevara getting thrown off the cage. I don't think so. He lands on a comically high up announcer uh, uh, over, table or uh, whatever it was. And this, and this. Although I will say that's a lot better than the styrofoam from last year. 
So, but it's still a fun spot. You, you're, you. The thing is, like, you're overcritical about this stuff. I, it and, just, again, it didn't look. People are like, cares? "Oh my god, it's this wrestling. is his mankind moment," and it, it was nothing like mankind. Well, whoever at said all. that's a, whoever said that's a goddamn mark. Well, <laughs> a, a lot of people. You could see. You could type in Sammy Guevara and mankind. A lot of people are putting probably putting that. Yeah. Well, those those marks have to sit down. Uh, wrestling is about suspending your disbelief. I thought this match was fun. I like the thumbtack spots. I like the broken glass spots. Um, During a commercial I, break. I feel bad for Santana because he got that match, hit one move, and it looked like he blew out his knee. Or his Yeah, quad. and now it's rumored that he's leaving AEW because he's having a, a riff with Ortiz. I didn't read, I didn't read that. But I know yeah. he's uh, he's booked for Grand Pro against uh, BSK, which will be pretty it's cool. It's a hot rumor going around that uh, they don't get along right now. Well, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, Jared, the Blackpool Combat Club wins. Um, Ty Conti got involved at one point, and Ruby Ruth- Soho ran down. So her being in the video package for it completely made sense all of a sudden. I know. See? Long-term <laughs> booking, brother. Yeah, long-term. But also, too, she has a history with Claudio and a history with Eddie from Chikara. Yeah. So, But know. everyone else, at one point, they climb up on the, the, the top of the cage and... I don't know. This is like the the last year's match where when they're up there literally doing nothing, people underneath them are literally doing nothing. Yeah, they're they're resting. They got their ass kicked. So for about two minutes, we had to watch them on the top of the cage, literally crawling, doing nothing. But I Cesaro, thought, Claudio ends up there, up hitting the uh, the swing up there. That was cool. I think Jericho now, said that was Jericho said that was the scariest spot of his entire career. That's interesting. Yeah. Because it's not like he was super close to the But edge. still, you're all the high up. Let's say he let go and, and with the, the the force, he just flung off and fell off. I don't know if there would have been that much force. You never know. Strong, but Claudio is a, a strong guy. Claudio locks in the sharpshooter and Matt Menard tapped out while Eddie Kingston didn't get to make Chris Jericho tap out. And, and but I think, uh, he was I think disappointed. Ed, I know. I think Eddie still... I think this feud between Eddie and Chris Jericho is going to continue on because he didn't. Most get importantly, to... we didn't have like prior to the match, we had Eddie Kingston refusing to get into a ring with Claudio. That's yeah. how the end of the pay per view was. He, I am not getting into the ring. You could go have the match yourself. I don't care. And then fast forward to the beginning of this match, I, there was no like follow up. They were buddy buddy here. Well, I think they and then, just had. And then at the end I, of the match, when when he was super disappointed, I thought he was going to strike Claudio. Well, I think it's that more. That didn't of, happen. It, well, it's more of a hey, am I going to fight my partner or am I going to fight the guys that I hate? Yeah, but I think, feel like yeah. we could potentially see something with Kingston and Claudio. Where Kingston's like, oh, I'm disappointed. Next week he's disappointed, disappointed, and then just snaps and then turns back into Eddie Kingston and yeah. his heel. I don't think he, he's too over. You even heard it at a at Forbidden Tour too. How over he is. He's very over with AEW. I think he should be in line for a AEW title shot at some point well, going forward. But like, well, Moxley's champion. There wasn't really any follow up with that because of this match. Yeah. Well, now, but now, Blood and Guts is over. Now, next week, you can get to follow up. You know, you can have Moxley come out. You have the whole Blackpool Combat Club come out next week, and you know, cut promos about Claudio being in there and John Moxley winning the AEW championship um, and 
everything going on. It's it, it just the way that they put this pay, this event right after a big pay-per-view. You really can't follow up with it after Forbidden Door. Yeah, I don't. I would have preferred it's if Blood and Guts it, was it, like later. Oh, yeah, I know. Because like we didn't yeah. get any follow up with the women's championship. We didn't get an All Atlantic Championship follow through. There was well, no nothing with Andrade and Roosh even. Well, that's because everything was so smushed together. I'm assuming right, next so, week you'll probably get the fallout from Forbidden. Next week, I think, will probably be a big fallout week with your main event being that street fight between Scorpio Sky and Wardlow. Um, so we'll see. Well, I, we don't even know when the, the winner of that Royal Rampage gets a, a title shot. It'll probably, let's see, All Out is in September, first week of yeah. September, correct? So I'm assuming they'll probably put it on the line somewhere in August. I think there's a Battle of the Belts coming up, right? I don't know if they'd put that on Battle of the Belts, though. Why not? Because it's all about ratings. Like, it's all about nah. ratings, brother, right? I'm, I'm just ultimately still disappointed that Tanahashi didn't pick up that victory. I know. I thought well, that would have been go, nice. So go watch some New Japan. Uh, apparently, Battle of the Belts 3 is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So, so when? Uh, August 5th. So, yeah, so that, uh, you know, that could definitely be, uh, you know, build it up for whoever wins that Royal Rampage match. Um, and then Quake at the Lake is uh, Wednesday, August 10th. <laughs> Quake by the Lake, excuse me. It's still such, I don't, it's like. It's weird. How close is it to a lake? It's closer to the river. Okay, well, whatever. Anyway, that was AEW for this week. Um, I do have a match of the week, so hit that bumper. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Spoke about it before. It's Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. It was great. I think it definitely put Orange Cassidy in that superstar, as I said, superstar uh, echelon in all elite wrestling. And he, you can kind of say Orange Cassidy is one of the faces of AEW. <laughs> and he got new. And then the next day he got new theme music. So awesome. Uh, anyway, that was my match week for this week. Uh, and Brandon, who are you shouting out? This is Casey Kasem, and up next on the American Top 40, Brandon Shoutout. Taylor Swift's new song, Carolina, gets the first shoutout. It's a song that she wrote for the movie Where the Crawdads Sing, and I have no clue what the movie's about. I know it's a book. Or it Isn't a Carolina book. a song by Eric Church? That's uh, another titled song called Carolina. But I know because I it's called Carolina. I know the song is about North Carolina. I know the movie's about North Carolina, given the the song title. But uh, it's kind of like a haunted, a haunting song. It kind of reminds me of something that would be in like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That is a great movie. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to hear Alison Krauss sing this song. I think that'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Ritter's getting the next shout out. Disney what? Plus recently added Eight Simple Rules. So I watched the pilot of that and I was just such a fan of John Ritter. And I assume I knew him first from Problem Child. Yeah, of course. And then Three's Company reruns. You ever see, you ever see um, oh, uh, the, what is it with tel- with the television? Um, where he is trapped inside the TV remote control? I don't know. You can't say that on television? No, that's a TV show. I feel like it's like remote control or something like that. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You've never seen it? I probably I mean, how can you know. actually see it if you uh, don't know the 
the movie. It's like, have you seen that movie? And I'm not even describing the movie at all for you. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely not going to help you with that one. It's a oh, movie? stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, I don't know. It's uh, stay tuned with John Ritter and a bunch of other people. I see Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. Jeffrey Jones, he's the bad guy. That's where I... Yeah. I might yeah. have seen it. I don't know, though. If you don't know that movie, it's definitely funny. It's worth uh, checking out. But yeah, I wish and, John Ritter was still alive and part of new projects because he was so good. And just going to say, Captain Lou's in it, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, last shout-out is going to The Bear, which is a new show... Via FX on Hulu, starring Jeremy Allen White, who played Lip on Shameless. And it's definitely a dramedy. At first, the Wikipedia page said it was a comedy, but mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way this is a, a comedy. What's a dramedy? Comedy. It's like drama and comedy. Eh. Mixed. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a more serious oh. show, but there's like comedic stuff mixed in. Kind So kind of like the... Um... What's that new HBO show? Barry. Yeah. So yeah. kind of like Barry? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, but he plays an award-winning chef who ends up returning home to Chicago, which is funny because that's where Shameless was set. But he returns huh. home to run a sandwich shop that his brother owned and uh, no longer owns it because he, he he's dead. And he basically turns the place around, and there's only eight episodes. I have no idea if there's a season two, but I watched them all in one day, and I I really hope they (laughs) make a second season because I thought it was really funny and good. Oliver Platt is in some episodes, so it's always cool to see him. Jimmy King. Jimmy King! But yeah, those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Hour... is right our mark out moment of the week i gotta say i start i finally started watching miss marvel uh-huh and it not i mean eh, i don't know if it's just i mean i guess it would technically be a spoiler but it's not really a spoiler it's but out there it opens up with a wrestlemania theme song that being blinding lights by the weekend okay and She's recording a podcast. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. I popped for that. She Instead of wrestling, That's it's cool. uh, superheroes. So I That's cool. That was funny. That's cool. But uh, um, what did you, you mark out for stuff? I marked out for Orange Cassidy returning to his original theme song, uh, Jane, Jefferson Starship. I I forgot. I used to be like totally hooked on that song. Um, especially like you mentioned that it was, uh, right. Mentioned off air. <laughs> Wet, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Wet, hot American, American summer. Summer. Yeah. Yeah. You never, uh, did you ever see the, the series TV show? No, no, Why not. There's two series. What is it? What is it on Netflix or Hulu? Y- yeah. Netflix. Netflix. No, I haven't. You I don't have know. Access. I... Don't you? 
to Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know. Like the movie is funny, but I can't see myself sitting there watching the. If you TV like show. the movie and the say it's the same type. Uh huh. You have the the Wet Hot American Summer ten years later, and then the other one. I think that was the the one that came out second. Mm-hmm. Um, was the the prequel one? I forget what that was called. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a shot, but I definitely marked out for Jane. Um, this was just incredible. I just love that theme song. I've heard that song sung live maybe three times. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. By Mickey Thomas and and Starship. Mm-hmm. At Epcot. At Epcot. I was. I'm just gonna say. I forgot to say it last week. So I'm gonna say use that as a markout moment this week. But the finish to Riddle versus Roman Reigns. Um. I was a big mark for that you entire... You forgot to say it last week? Yeah, I think it was last week. When did the match take place? It's potentially... Potentially, it was two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, but I marked out for that. And I, I, Once we got done with recording, I was just like, oh, I want to mention that. What do you mean? Um, you didn't... But you didn't... That took place on a SmackDown last uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. All right, so I forgot to say it last week. I forgot to say it two weeks ago. Then I forgot to no, say it last, last week. last week. You couldn't have said it two weeks ago. All right, so why are you, you don't confusing record me? SmackDown with me? <laughs> why, why are you recording? Why are you, why are you confusing me then? <laughs> yeah, so I marked out for that. Um, now, uh, other things to definitely mark out over was when they were having people congratulate John Cena. Brandon appeared. In video package form. They had AEW superstar Big Show. AEW superstar Daniel Bryan and AEW superstar Chris Jericho, who was probably backstage at a show when he recorded it. The Forbidden Door, brother. And I thought it was really funny, given that Forbidden Door was literally the day before. And then they're like, by the way, here are three AEW superstars on Monday Night Raw. I thought that was really cool. Obviously, it was Big Show, not Paul White. It was Daniel Bryan, not Bryan Danielson. Chris Jericho's mm-hmm. Chris Jericho. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Something else I thought was really cool was that WWE 2K22, they released another DLC pack this week with Ronda Rousey, Dewdrop, Mr. T, Rick Boogs, and Doink the Clown. And something completely unexpected was Doink's payback being a run-in. And when you trigger it, another Doink comes out with Behind a mannequin him. arm and bops the other dude with the ma- the mannequin arm behind the referee's back. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I, Doink's, I mean... Doink's weapons under the ring, you can't choose them, but, I mean, you could eventually choose them, but he pulls out mannequin arms. That's really awesome, you know? Like, you can't choose to put a mannequin arm on the we- the weapon wheel, mm-hmm. but he has that when he when he pulls it out, and I think that's really cool. And then if you're close enough to your opponent and taunt... And it happens to be the mime taunt. It triggers your opponent to also do the mime taunt. <laughs> so I think that's, that's brilliant. As much as the game sucks, <laughs> that was really cool. And it's very unexpected because 2K sucks. Yeah, that is, that is really cool. Something else marked out for was the the closing of AEW Forbidden Door. Uh, the the finish of that match. The closing. Yeah. The, Finish That's of two the different match. things. The finish of the main event. Um, no, it was not that finish of the main event. That was horrible. Um, definitely, though, 
with that Okada spot and everything. Ugh. Uh, the definitely match before that. That was the match before? Yeah. Oh, Main phew. event was uh, Moxley Tanahashi. Oh, well. Um, but Claudio. Marking yeah. out for Claudio. You know, Claudio making his uh, debut for AEW. We saw Claudio on that day. Ring of Honor? Yeah. I forget the year, though. The year was 2007. No. <laughs> it might have been 2009. Wow, not too far off. I was just spitting some uh, years out there. 2010 is not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when was it? What was the date? It was June. I don't know. 625 was it? 626, best in the world, 2018. Uh, 2018, 2011. What else? That was the, we saw the, the what was it? Um, world's Greatest Tag Team versus uh, Kings of Wrestling versus the Briscoes versus the All Night Express. That's a name we haven't heard in a long time, Chris Hero. Yeah. Well, wonder what's going on with Chris Hero. I think doing the online stuff series. Oh. But I think Work. World's Greatest Tag Team or whatever they were called there. Wrestling's we... Greatest Tag Team. One. Yeah. Nah. That's cool. But well, yeah. That uh that is marking out episode five ninety five. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcast, MarkingOut.com, Instagram at MarkingOut. Uh, 11 YouTube marking out 11 at BTTG161 on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Sweendog on Twitter, CM Sweeney85 on Instagram, David PTDPT on both platforms, Facebook.com slash marking out, YouTube.com. I already said marking out 11, Pro Wrestling Tees.com slash marking out. There's a sale over there. Use the code America22. Sale? Until July 5th. That's funny. Um, what else am I missing? I don't think I'm missing anything else. TikTok. Get us on TikTok. And we, we wish, wish you the, the best of luck in your future, in your future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh!